you from the EEL, the EEL, Atlanta Elder Library. And today we are going to be on page 231, Holding On to Your Faith When God Doesn't Make Sense. Dr. James Dobson is the book that is my memory prompter. I guess that's what we call this as I'm reading this along so many times. As you've noticed, my faithful listeners, I'll get on a tangent. It'll make me think of something or cut and press on my heart something to share that has affected my life, a testimony. And so I'm hoping that does that to you as well. As we read these stories that is in this book, that we know that life is not easy. It is not easy, but He came. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. And all the answers to our life's problems are in the Bible. But how many times do we pick it up and read it or where to know where to go when we need it the most? But we can always go to God in prayer. Point others to the cross. Let's just lift Jesus up because he's worthy. And that's the purpose of our life. That's our purpose as disciples of Jesus, to go into all the world. However we can, means an internet, podcast, door-to-door, associating with friends and family, whatever it is that we can be a light to others, that we can let his light shine through us and to lift one another up and encourage one another. Page 231, we just got done talking about Marion, Marion Manuel. Now we're talking about, there are more heroes in my catalog than I could describe in many volumes this size, but I will resist the inclination to name them. Our purpose, as you know, has been to help those who are not so well grounded in their beliefs. If everyone was gifted with the tenacity of a bulldog and faith of Father Abraham, there would be no need for discussion of this nature. But most of us are not spiritual superstars. That's why these thoughts have been dedicated affectionately to individuals who have been wounded in spirit by experiences they could not understand. The pieces to life's puzzles simply have not fit together, leaving them confused, angry, and disillusioned. Perhaps you're among those who have struggled to comprehend a p- p- I cannot talk this morning, excuse me. Perhaps you are among those who have struggled to comprehend a particular heartache and God's reason for allowing it. A thousand unanswered questions have been recycled in your mind, most of them beginning with why, dot, dot, dot. You want desperately to trust the Father and believe in His grace and goodness, but deep inside you're held captive by a sense of betrayal and abandonment. The Lord obviously permitted your difficulties to occur. Why didn't He prevent them? And why He has why has He not attempted to explain or apologize for them? The inability to answer those fundamental questions has become a spiritual barrier a mile a mile high, and you can't seem to find a way around it or over it. For some of you, your sorrow can be traced directly to the death of a precious son or daughter, or in my case, my husband. Your pain from that loss has been so intense that you've wondered if you could even carry on. What a joy he or she was to your heart. This is here. He ran and jumped and giggled and hugged. You loved him far more than you valued your own life. But then there was that horrible morning at the pool or the ominous medical report or the accident on the bicycle. Now your beloved child is gone and God's purpose in his death has remained a mystery. For me, my husband coming home in the morning and me having me here to greet him and him usually loaded down with groceries or some some gift of some kind um, he liked to bring me home um, 
hot coffees and um, a, a new sandwich or something new he found at the store that he wanted us to try or just it wasn't always something to eat but and sometimes he didn't have anything except the loaded books that he carried back and forth to work um, he worked nights and um, they let him read they let him read um, during the times that they were just sitting and so he put it to good use in fact he wrote in journals he took his bible um, and other books and I'm just you know <laughs> he would he'd come in loaded down sometimes have a cu- his cup of whatever his beverage he didn't like lids and, and he didn't like straws and had his, um, his cup of ice um, sweet tea or whatever in, in his teeth and have one hand carrying his um, bag and the other hand be <laughs> holding on to a belt he had to hold his pants up for fun uh, but anyway, it's true. Those of you that know him know it's true. But I, and I'd run to help him open up the door. If he had lots of groceries, I'd run out and help him carry him or take him from him at the door and bring him in and put him away. Um, but those times, we miss those times. We miss those interactions with our loved one. And uh, the things that we don't miss is the few times we get on to us about this or that, not like something we did, or, you know, or make us stop what we was doing and do something else. Sometimes we didn't like those interruptions. But you know, it's like my mom said, she said, my dad was having some hard times with his bowel, bowels um, before he died, and, you know, uh, before he came, became sick and got hospitalized and stuff. She said, you know, I wouldn't mind cleaning that back for him. Um, you know, if he was still here. And that's true. The little things that we consider annoyances, you know, we... We'd almost give anything, you know, to have those back. But then on the flip side, we're glad our loved ones are no longer suffering. That they're not in pain. That they don't have these difficulties. And and, and so much. So, you know. You know that self can be traced to, to that death of that precious loved one. You know it. For some of you that may be listening to me, it's your father. Uh, somebody that might be a close friend. You know, me and Melissa was talking the other day. It's like, so many have died. People that we loved and looked up to. We've lost so many. I said, yes. That's so true, Melissa. It's because our worlds are so small. We, Our world, our circle of friends is so small. There's, there's almost 8 billion people in the world. 8 billion. How many people do we know? Not many. Not many. But Jesus knows them all. And he told us to go into all the world. All the world. We're supposed to tell all creatures. All creatures. And I was thinking, I've got the child care. That's the babies. I've got, you know, I've got my grandkids. And I, and I do deaf ministry. And that's, um, I go sing at the nursing homes. Try to reach a variety of different age groups. A little bit of people outside of my family circle, per se. That's not enough. You know, that's not enough. Who do I reach on the podcast? I seen today when I, before I flipped this on that four people, four listeners to what I posted the other day. That's okay. Because I told God a long time ago that I could reach one. But I listened to Brother Chester right last night. He said, churches, churches are not reaching. If, if the particular church he was talking to was in a city of 500,000 people, and the church that he pre- that he was preaching at wasn't even full when he was talking to them. And that church held 1,200 people. 
He said, if you had five services, if you had five services a day uh, on Sunday, no, then he changed it. If you had five services a day, and each, uh, that might reach like 3,000. If you could reach 3,200 or whatever, what did he say? See, if you had five services at 1,200, that'd be one, two, three, four. If you reach like 400 people on Sunday, Five, give me five. If you had five, if you had twelve hundred, be five, almost six, almost six, six thousand, and that times five, six times five. Oh no, he said seven thousand. Somehow he said seven times five. That's only thirty-five thousand, thirty-five thousand people that you could reach if you did it every day, every day. There's no way that you could reach that church could reach that whole city. That's just an example. We've got so much. The harvest field is so ripe. There's so many people that all of us, it's not, we're not just, it's not going to be confined to a church building. We have to go out. We have to go. G-O. Go. Go therefore into all the world. However we can. So baptizing them, teaching them, and baptizing them in the name, in the name of the Father. Who is the Father? I know Jesus is the Father. I know Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. All three, all three um, entities or um, attributes, titles of God when He robed Himself in flesh and His Spirit, His Spirit that lives within us. For someone else, there will never be anything as painful as a rejection you were dealt with out by an ex-husband or an ex-wife. The day you discover the infidelity or when the divorce papers arrived at the door or the unforgettable night of violence. Those were indescribable moments of heartache. In some ways, it would have been easier to have buried the spouse than to see him or her in the arms of another. How could that person to whom you gave everything be so cruel? Many tears were shed as God was, has begged, was begged to intervene. Many tears were shed when God was begging to intervene. When the marriage continued to fail, disillusionment and bitterness rolled over you like a tidal wave. You've said you would never trust anyone again, not even the Almighty. I'm thinking also of the widows and widowers who are trying to survive on their own. If you're one of them, you know that very few of your friends fully comprehend. They want you to get over this loss and return to the business of living, but you just can't do it. For so many years, your marriage was the centerpiece of your existence. Two separate human beings truly became one flesh as God intended. It was such a sweet love affair that could have gone on forever. In fact, when you were young, you honestly thought it would. But suddenly, it was over. And now, for the first time in many years, you are truly alone. Is this what it all comes down to? My mother never did recover from the death of my dad. He left her suddenly at the family table one Sunday afternoon at 66 years of age. Though she lived 11 years beyond that day, her heart was broken and it never healed. She had built her life around the man who swept her off her feet in 1934, and she just simply could not face the future without him. My mother didn't blame God for his passing, but she suffered nonetheless. This is what she wrote in her diary near the first anniversary of my father's death. People have told me that the first year was the hardest. It's been one year and three days since you died, and tonight I am frantic with longing for you. Oh, dear God, it's more than I can bear. The sobs make my heart skip beats. I cannot see the paper. My head throbs. 
the house is lonely and still. Visions of you have been as real as if you were here and had not left me. Today I thank God for letting the angel watch over me. But how desperately I missed you. It is very cold outside. Last night a sleet storm covered the earth with ice and then froze into a solid crust. The streets are slippery and dangerous. I hate it. It makes me feel blue, frightened, and alone. I dread the winter to follow. It will last for three more months. I moved into the smaller bedroom today. I wish you were here to share that room with me. There are precious memories there. When I was ill four years ago, you prayed for me in that bedroom during the midnight hours. You lay on the floor, agonizing in prayer for me. We both knew the Spirit was praying through you. Later, the Lord led us to a doctor who helped me find my way back to health. Oh, how I loved you. I love your memory today. What a special lady my mother was. How profoundly she loved my father. She is with him in heaven now. But there are other widows and widowers out there who love just as deeply and now must face the future alone. I extend to each, them, each of them my love and prayers as they take one day at a time. That's on page 235. And he's talking, James Dobson is talking about his precious mother. And yes, it's almost been a year since my husband passed. And I truly fully comprehend that woman's pain. I truly fully comprehend the pain of it's so true. You're two different people trying, trying to work out all the glitches, trying to uh, to have so many. You had so many differences and stuff, and yet so many uh, the things that counted. We were a team on so many of the, the things that counted: loving God, loving one another, loving our family. Um, those things, those things that really mattered. The other things, the little quirks here and there. Those things, is like, we were trying to work them out. We were, <laughs> I told somebody one time, I said, I need my husband here to talk about the things that we wouldn't talk about. But if he were here, we still wouldn't talk about them. He handled the finances, even though I tried to over and over again. I'm like, honey, I was a secretary at Christian Life Academy. I think I can handle our books. I mean, I know I can handle our books. And, um, but he, he wanted to do it. And so it left me in a hole. You know, when he was gone, it's like, I don't know. I'm paying for things now that I don't even want to pay for some things. But he already had automatic payments. And it's easier for me to make those payments than for me to um, close out those accounts where I, where those automatic things wouldn't come out. And um, and try to set up new accounts for the things that we do need. Like, you know, phones, house, um, um Utility. Well, I, I guess I pay the utilities myself. Um, not not their automatic maybe, but those things. You know, we love and miss one another. Um, <laughs> the ones of us that widows, we miss our husbands. We miss our helpmates. You no, know, we're we were their helpmates, but we miss our partners for life. We miss them in so many ways. We're running like like our limbs got cut off. Only more than that, our heart got torn out of us. We're just, you know, airheaded. It seems like it's like I can't do this. But then we hold on, like she said, the memories. We have those memories. We know that the times that we had, those are what will the rest of my life. I'm going to be built on the memories that I have with my husband. The little love notes he went, left me. The the gifts he got me that have our uh, like this thing on the wall. It says Lisa. The day I met you, I found the one who my soul loves you complete me you make me a better person 
I want all of my last to be with you. There's no pretending I love you. And I will love you until I die. And if there's life after that, I'll love you then. I love you forever and always. Love, Mark. There's a picture of two hands that are joined together. You know, those things. Those are precious memories that I'll have forever. But I won't have him. Not like I had on earth. So cherish the moments you have with your loved ones. Cherish those moments because we don't know when our last time will be. If we don't know, let's make today count. Let's point others to the cross. Let's keep Jesus first. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. J-O-Y. Have a great day.